want to take just a moment and say uh, thank you to those who have served in the military. If you uh, have served at any time, would you please stand in the military? Thank you for saying yes, and we know you know better than anyone else what it took for uh, some of your brothers and sisters to, to give their lives for us to have freedom. And so uh, we always want to honor our military and, uh, and remember what it cost us. Freedom, freedom is never free. And so uh, thank you for your service. Um, next Sunday, we're going to have graduate recognition. We know this is one of the most bizarre years in the history uh, of, our, of our nation, uh, but we are going to do um, graduate recognition next Sunday. If you uh, have a graduate, we need to know, because with it being all messed up, uh, we, we, need, we need you to let us know. We will we'll honor them in our service next week. Uh, it is a family service as well, but we want to give them a gift and, and tell them we're proud of them as well. So please let me know or let somebody know um, that, that you have a graduate that will be here, and we want to um, recognize them. Now, Welcome to uh, week two of our series, uh, Necessary Sins. Last week, we acknowledged that, that most Americans um, tend to rank sins. There are some sins that we think are more acceptable than others. And last week, we talked about lying. Now, what this usually means is the sins that I commit, I don't look at nearly as harshly as the sins that you commit. And vice versa, you, uh, the sins you commit, you don't think are nearly as harsh as the ones that I commit, right? So last week we looked at lying and we found out that God detests lying and that means it makes him want to vomit. And Jesus said when we lie, we identify with, we honor, it's as if we are worshiping the, the enemy of God, the devil, who Jesus called the father of lies. So we don't want to do that. What we learned last week was, was Jesus, the Bible elevates lying to a point that we better be very, very careful with our words because we don't want to make our heavenly father want to vomit. We don't want to honor his enemy, the father of hell, the father of lies. Now, two weeks from today, we're going to talk about lust. Um, the, the week after that, we're going to talk about anger. Next week is a special family service, very interactive service, whether, whether you have children with you or not. We think you're going to learn from this. And if you're online, watching online, you can also participate I'll give you some, some ideas of things that you can gather to be ready for next week. Our, here's our goal with family services. First of all, it's to get you to worship with your children or grandchildren. It's to, it's to have a, a, a whole family worship together. But more important than that, especially if you're online, it's to create teachable moments that will then give us some opportunities to discuss spiritual things long after our 10 o'clock service has finished. So that's the goal is you come in, you worship together, and, and then we'll have some opportunities for you to talk after you leave this place or after you stop watching online. Um, so, so, by the way, for the next for several weeks, months, whatever, we are going to meet one service, 10 o'clock, till we figure out this whole thing, and uh, then we'll go on from there. So we're going to keep meeting at 10 a.m. Now, today I want to talk about what I believe is the most prevalent sin at New Life Community Church, and that is the sin of gossip. Now, before we jump into this topic, I want us to say a two-verse prayer that we're going to pray every week. This is a prayer of David. It comes from Psalm 139, and I want you to listen to it first, and I want you to notice the words that I highlighted, and then I want you to say it with me. So I'm going to say it once. Look at the words that are highlighted. There are four me's and two my's. That's what's highlighted. Here, here it is. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. 
point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Well, I didn't save it. Obviously, I didn't save it. So there's two, there's four me's and two my's. When you get to one of those, I want you to emphasize that when you say it out loud. We're going to pray this to God. Pray it as if you mean it. If you don't mean it, keep your mouth shut. Um, we learned about lying last week. We're not going to do that in a prayer to God. So let's say this out loud, emphasizing the me's and my's. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Now, if you pray that prayer and you mean it, your heavenly Father is about to spring into action and he's going to answer that prayer today. Now, now that our hearts are open to his Holy Spirit, I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to say, this message is for you because you a gossip. You got to say it like that because you a gossip. Little attitude. We'll confess the attitude in a minute, all right? Now, everybody look up here and say, I'm a gossip. Because we have done this. And we have thought that it's acceptable, and, and I think you're going to find out today it's not acceptable. So in that kind of spirit, if you've got some juicy gossip that you just got to get off of your heart, you've got 10 seconds because after you hear this sermon today, only a fool is going to participate in gossip. Are you ready, set, go? I'm just kidding. We're not going to give you the opportunity to sin right after you've prayed that prayer. How many of you have ever been gossiped about? Now, if you've been gossiped about, that's all of us. I've got two sets of words I'm about to put up on the screen, and I want you to tell me which set of words best describes how you felt when you heard that you'd been gossiped about. Here's the first one. It was super fun. It was, it was extremely helpful. I'm a better person today because they gossiped about me. It was entertaining. Now, I will say, there have been some gossips about me that were quite entertaining. They were so, but anyway, you get where I'm coming from. It was exhilarating. I love knowing people were saying things about me without my permission. Anyone that identify with that? Okay, how about this set of words? It was painful. Especially when I found out who said it. I was disgusted when I found out who said it. I was sad. Anybody identify with those words? Yeah, okay. A few, a couple of years ago, I was at, at Lowe's and I ran into a pastor friend from here in town. He's, he, I would consider him a friend. If I needed something, I would go talk to this guy or, or ask him for some help. And, uh, you know, we greeted each other and, and uh, hey, how you doing? We talked small talk. And he looks at me and he goes, I'm sure you've heard what happened at my church. And, and it was, I'm telling you, it was one of the greatest honors for me as a pastor to go, I don't have a clue what you're talking about, dude. People, people don't tell me what's going on in your church. And quite honestly, I don't want to know unless you're telling me, you know, or I don't want to know. And so he proceeds to fill me in, and, and he said, people are talking. I said, well, just know that I'm not talking. Nobody's talked to me, and, and you know, I, I support you. Um, you see, I, I think that this is, this is what churches are known for, and they shouldn't be known for gossip. Um, in the first couple of years of our church, some folks decided they didn't like the way I was doing things as, as the pastor. And I, I actually typed in my transcript here. It happens every year or two that folks get upset with the way I'm doing things. And then I got thinking, no, it happens every month or two. And then I thought, no, every day or two, probably every hour or two, somebody gets upset with the way I do things. Now, in this situation, these folks decided to make their small group the place where they talked about the pastor of the church. So this place, and, and this is what we believe about small groups. Change happens in small groups. This is the place where you can learn 
learn how to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. You can learn what God's word says. You can, you can fellowship with one another. You can draw close to each other and pray. And that setting is where somebody decided that they were going to talk about me and the way I did things and the way they didn't like it. And, and it got so uncomfortable that someone, now by the way, the, the names have been changed to protect both the innocent and the guilty, or they've been withheld. I'm not even going to say names to protect the innocent and the guilty. It got so uncomfortable that someone said these words. They said, hey, just so you know, anything that's said in this group I'm immediately going to tell Doug as soon as this group is over. And the gossip stopped. It's like, a, it's like a bucket of water on a fire. It stopped immediately, and then the disgruntled people left the church. And let me, let me tell you this, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to be over dramatic today, but I've been in ministry 37 years in some form of ministry. And I can count on this hand how many times somebody's had my back like that. I know this guy, I respect this guy, and to this day, he still has my back. That's the way it should be. That's what we should be known for in churches, not the other thing. So let's figure out what gossip is if we're going to talk about it. Here's, here's Rick Warren. He's the, the pastor of Saddleback Church, written The Purpose Driven Life. Here's what he says. When is it gossip? When we're talking about someone, something with someone who's not part of the solution or part of the problem. And, and I'm going to add to that. When the talker and or the listener, either one or both, are not involved in the, the problem or the solution to the problem, it is gossip. You are pouring fire on, on um, this, this, the topic, and you are honoring your Father in hell whenever you participate in gossip. And I read this verse this week. I, I put this in. Poor Keith. So I send Keith the, the, the slides, and he puts them on here. And, and a lot of times I'd make changes, and so I made a lot of changes. I added this verse because I thought this, this really fit. Um, in 1 Peter, Peter says, If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. That's what a gossip is, is a meddler. And it's put up on the level with murder and thieving, stealing. You should not suffer for, you will suffer for that, but you shouldn't suffer for that. Now, today, if, if I were, if, before I started this, if I had walked in and had, had a little list and I said, rate the top sins, the top 10 sins, where would you have rated gossip before I started this, this talk today? Nine, <laughs> way down there, or maybe not even in the top ten, right? Because it seems like an acceptable sin. But I want you to see where God rates it. We're going to read several verses real fast, and here's where God puts it. In Romans chapter 1, verse 29, Paul is talking about some people who have completely turned their backs on God, and God gave them up. The worst four words in Scripture is God gave them up to their own desires. And then here's what he says. Their lives, those people that God gave up, became full of, of every kind of wickedness and sin. Those are general, so I didn't count them. So now let's count them. Uh, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. Made it in this top eight. Look at 2 Corinthians 12, 20. Paul is talking in. He says, for I'm afraid that when I come, I won't like what, like what I found. He's been telling them how they should do their church. And he said, there's some stuff that I've heard. I think it's going to be happening when I come. I am not going to like it. And then look what he says. And you won't like my response. And let me just tell you now, if I catch on to gossip, you will not like my response. I'm afraid that I will find quarreling, jealousy, anger, selfish, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorderly behavior. Let's find that. Quarreling, jealousy, anger, selfish, slander, gossip. Top, top six. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. 
There are six things the Lord hates. No, no, no. There's seven things he detests. Makes him want to vomit. Haughty eyes, that's pride. A lying tongue, we talked about it last week. Hands that, that kill the innocent, so, so murder. A heart that, pl- uh, that plots evil. Feet that race to do wrong. A false witness who pours out lies. Top six. And then the seventh, I think it goes with it. A person who sows discord in a family because you, what you say may be true, but it's hurtful and you don't have permission. Top six or top seven. God rates it up there high with murder, with stealing with slander. Why does he put it so high up there? Well, a couple of reasons. Number one, it hurts his children. Now, have you ever heard some gossip about your child? How did it make you feel? By the way, the more public the gossip, the more the anger, the more the disgust, right? That's how God feels when we gossip fires you up it fires him up every time i want you to say every time every time you talk about someone a person you're talking about a creation of god because here here's the deal everyone is created by god not everyone's a child of god to become a child of god you got to ask god to be the forgiver of sins and the leader of your life and that puts you as an adopted child so just think about it if you are speaking about an adopted child of God, does that make the sin even worse than talking about just a mere creation of God? The answer is yes. Say yes. Yes. Thank you. I'm going to get a little fired up today. Second reason that God hates gossip. It reveals the sin in my heart. What comes out of your mouth reveals what's in your heart. So if you are bitter angry, unforgiving, what kind of words will come out of your mouth? Bitter, angry, unforgiving. If you are filled with mercy and grace and love, what kind of words will come out of your mouth? Grace and mercy and love. And some of you are going, come on, Doug, lighten up. These are your words. No, let's read what Jesus said about it in Luke 6, 45. Good people bring good things out of the good they stored up in their hearts. Evil people bring evil things out of the evil stored up in their hearts. Because here it is. People speak the things that are in their hearts. Gossip reveals what's in your heart. And it reveals that it's ugly. A gossiper is a person who has privileged information about someone else and they're sharing it with people who have no business hearing it. And just so that we're clear on this, let me me tell you the difference in gossip and sharing a concern. Sharing, right? It's intent. The gossiper often has the goal of making themselves look better or at least making the other person look less. Oh, have you heard about, I'm concerned about, no, you're not, you're arrogant. And you're not reflecting God the Father. You don't have a concern about them. If you did, you'd keep your mouth shut. Intent, content, the type of information shared. Gossipers speak about the faults and the failures of others without their knowledge, without their approval. Oh, well, I'm concerned about Ryan. No, you're not. You're arrogant. And you're reflecting your father in hell. Proverbs 18, 8 says, There's nothing so delicious as the taste of gossip. I love the word of God. This is the New Century Version. Translation, there's nothing so delicious as the taste of gossip. It melts in your mouth. Who knew Eminem stole their slogan from Proverbs 8, 18.8? It melts in your mouth. Oh, it just feels so good. If it feels good, what does it say about you? Nothing good. Why do you gossip? If, if I gossip, there's a reason. 
And it's because I either feel inferior and I need to make myself feel superior or there's bitterness or there's anger or there's something in my heart. Why do you gossip? There's not a single good reason. You cannot find it in Scripture, which means we've got to stop. So how do we overcome it? We're going to ask three questions before we speak. Number one is, are my words helpful or hurtful? Helpful or hurtful? And this comes from Ephesians 4.29. We've taken this verse apart before, but we're going to use it again. Do not let any unwholesome, that could be hurtful. Unwholesome is, is a whole range of things, but we could put the word hurtful. Do not let hurtful words come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful. Now, if we were reading the Satanic Bible, it would say, do not let any helpful words come out of your mouth, but only hurtful words. Why? For the destruction of people made in the image of God. But we're not reading the Satanic Bible. We're reading God's Word. He says, do not let any unwholesome, unhurtful talk come out of your mouth, only what is helpful. And look why. For building others up. Our words are like construction. We are building or we are tearing down. You want to be like God, you better build with your words. Building others up according to their needs, not my needs, their needs. Gossips are all about their own needs. Fully devoted followers of Christ are all about someone else's needs. That it may benefit those who listen. When we talk, are we usually trying to benefit the people that, we li that are listening? No, we're talking about us. It's to benefit me. Word of God says, no, you need to benefit others. Oh my, Proverbs 16, 27, 28 says, useless people. Now, let me just stop right there. Useless in the kingdom of God. Extremely useful in the kingdom of hell. Useless people make evil plans and their words are like a burning fire. Say burning fire. Useless people in, in God's kingdom, very useful in the kingdom of hell. Their words are like a burning fire. A useless person, useless in the kingdom of God, very useful in the kingdom of hell. A useless person causes trouble and a gossip ruins friendships. Do you know where the juiciest gossip I have ever heard takes place? In prayer meetings. Prayer meetings. The enemy of God is so subtle and the people of God are so stupid that we allow him to invade a place where we're asking God to come and do something. It should not be. So how can we, ask, how can we avoid gossip? We've got to ask ourselves, why am I even trying to share this? Would I share this if they were in the room? If you do not have their permission, explicit permission. For example, Ann sent the band the other day, sent us, actually she sent my family an update on John, and she said, please share this with the band because I don't have their number. Do I have permission to share that with the band? Yes. And, and many times people will share a prayer concern with me, and I'll ask them, is this just for me, or, or can I share this? Please share it. We want as many people as possible praying about this. But there are many times people say, I don't want anyone to know this except you. Would you pray about this? See, the question is not, is it, is it true? The question is, is it helpful? There are a lot of things about me that are absolutely true. But if you're talking to God or anyone else about me, they are off limits. The line, according to the Bible, is not, is it true or untrue? There's lots of things that are true. The line is, is it helpful or hurtful? You see, everything you say must be true, 
But everything that's true does not need to be said. Let me repeat that. Because I'm not sure you got it. Everything you say must be true. But everything that's true does not need to be said. So, we're going to ask, is it helpful or hurtful? If it's hurtful, we don't say it. Second thing. Second question. Am I making private matters public? Something that should be kept in confidence, am I making it public? Um, Janie and I, last September, we went down to to, uh, Belize for Praying Pelican. Um, It was a special trip. There was some stuff going on in the organization, and Belize is the very first place where Praying Pelicans started their foreign mission trips. And so we wanted to go. They, the the uh, chairman of the board asked me if I would go um, and, and represent Praying Pelican and talk to these folks and let them know why we were making some changes that we were making. And so one of the things they asked me to do was share a devotional. And in the devotional, I shared these words because it's extremely important for people in the kingdom of God to pay attention to these words. Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense. None. But the person who has understanding holds their tongue. So I, I called up some, some of these leaders. I mean, these are adults that, that are leading um, praying pelican missions. They're leading in their church, but they're also part of PPM. Um, and, and I said, I want you to hold your tongue. And so one guy is kind of funny. He, he didn't want to, I guess his hands were dirty, so he took, his, he took his shirt and he held the tongue. And I said, now try to tell me something about your neighbor. <laughs> exactly. Kind of comical, very practical. Hold your tongue. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. You're a betrayer or are you trustworthy? It's real simple. If you betray someone, you, if, you, if you share a secret, you're a betrayer. And I've seen this happen in small groups. You know, we, we, in our small group, and I think in all of our small groups, we end with prayer time and we share prayer concerns. And one of the rules of, of small groups is what happens in small groups stays in small groups. And one time um, something was shared and with 20, within 24 hours it was on Facebook. What do you think it did to our, our small group? What do you think it did to the reputation of the person who put it on Facebook? Mm. <laughs> Gossip is like a burning fire. It destroys stuff. Can I let you in on a little secret? When you post stuff on Facebook without someone else's knowledge or permission, it's gossip. When you air your grievances about anything, it's gossip. Now, let me ask this. How many of you have 500 best friends? I mean, we're tight. They're my ride or die. I got 500 of them. How many of you got 100 of them? You wouldn't call your 500 closest friends and air your grievances, but you got no qualms about going on Facebook and blasting it so everybody can see what a great person you are, what a sorry individual they are. Stop it. Or don't call yourself a Christian. Because here's, here's, what, here's what the Bible says about you. When arguing with your neighbor, I think it's kind of funny that the, that the Bible says when, not if you are, when arguing with your neighbor. Don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip. That's bad. And then look at this. And you will never regain your reputation. I know some really juicy stuff about people in this church. And if I share it, not only do I ruin my reputation, I give people an opportunity to rip my church. And here's what God says about that. 
The world speaks evil of God because of you. You're not going to answer to me, but you will answer to God. And the way I memorize this is actually one of my memory verses. It says, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. That's one of the worst things that, that God could, one of the worst accusations God could bring against you. The, everyone outside blasphemes the name of God. Did you know that one of the reasons that, that David's child died when he, when he committed adultery with Bathsheba was because God said, you have given the Gentile nations reason to blaspheme my name, and I will not have it. It's a serious deal. Is it helpful? Is it hurtful? Am I making private matters public? The reason it's a big deal, you'll trash your reputation and you'll trash the name of God. And you don't want to do that. Now, if your toes have not been stepped on, I want you to stick them out a little further because I'm about to stomp on them. I want to be an equal opportunity toe stomper today, right? No one should walk out of here without a limp today, right? People, you, you go, if you go eat somewhere, what's wrong with you? Oh, man, that sermon got me. Okay, third question, third question. Do I allow others to gossip? And the answer is yes. Proverbs 17, 4 says, Troublemakers listen to troublemakers and liars listen to liars. Gossips listen to gossips. Not only is it wrong to speak gossip, it is wrong to listen to gossip. Why? Because what you permit, you promote. That's on your listening guy. What you permit, you promote. If you're listening to it, you're, prom you're promoting it. If you're participating in it, you're promoting it. If you are listening, you're actually approving it. What you permit is what you promote. Troublemakers listen to troublemakers. Gossips listen to gossips. If someone is always saying to you, hey, have you heard? Or I've got to tell you this. There's a problem with them and there's a problem with you and your gossips. And I'm going to tell you something. Where I've heard some of the most incredibly incriminating things is when I've been in leadership meetings in churches. And someone says, well, we, we were talking about someone who's not in the room, and they do this, and they do, and I've had it, I've had it here, where someone said to me, and, and at the time I was so blown away, I didn't say it, and forgive me, God, because I'm going to say it next time. They said to us, to a group of us, this is what was being said about another person in our church, and, I, and the leader of the ministry said, and I agree with it. I should have said, God forbid, oh, Father, do not rain down fire and brimstone on us right now. I should have said, you better confess right now or get out of your ministry position because you will not be blessed by God. Not only did, I, did this person allow the gossip to happen, they agreed with it. It's not going to happen anymore. Not as long as I'm around. Proverbs 20.19 says, Gossips can't keep secrets, so avoid people who talk too much. Because here's the deal. If someone will gossip to you, they will gossip about you. That may not be the wording. I put that in there and it didn't save that either, did it? It says it differently. But if someone will gossip to you, they will gossip about you. Keith got it right, but I didn't get it right. Oh, yay. I got it on there. Now, Three surefire ways to stop gossip dead in its tracks. There's a loving way, there's a direct way, and there's an attitude way. Now, just, just knowing who you are, how many of you would say, I'm going to be loving? You think you're going to be loving? Nobody's going to be loving? Okay, 
All right, Sandy's going to be loving. How many of you think, I'm going to be direct? How many of you think, I'm going to have an attitude? Okay, loving. Here's the loving response. I think we're getting really, really close to crossing a line. I want to be a good friend to Doug or to Ryan or to Jeff or to Janie. If they hurt us right now, would they really consider us a friend? That's about as loving as I can be. Um, so you may be better. You may have a better, you know, suggestion. You can send that to me. Feel free to email me, message me on Facebook. Tell me something loving you would do because I'm going to have a hard time being loving. How many of y'all think I'm going to be direct? Direct says, if you have a problem with Doug or Jeff or Ryan or Janie, you should go to them. Because, and then you bust out the scripture. Because Jesus said, if one of my followers sins against you, go and point out what was wrong. But do it in private. Is Facebook private? Is a meeting where you're having all of this stuff going on in your house or in one of the rooms here at the church, is that private? Do you know what private is? Because I'll help you find out what private is. Do it in private just between the two of you. If that person listens to you, you've won back a follower. And if you say, I just can't do that, then shut up until you grow up. I know, I jumped into attitude. I'm sorry. (laughs) Then shut up until you grow up. Is that better? Is that more direct than attitude? All right, now, now I want you all to practice this one. And some of you are going to be better than others, right? So attitude, you're going to go. Oh, no, you don't. All right, so just come on. Let me see, let me see what you got. Oh, no, you don't. Come on, let's say it again. Oh, no, you don't. All right, all right. You got, I think you got to do the finger, and I think you got to do your head. I'm not real good at that, so I'll just stick with direct. But oh, no, you don't. If you're going to go there, I'm not going with you. And now you have to say that. I went a little gangster there. I ain't going with you. Right? God has called us to something higher, so much higher. Lost my place. I got on with you. Um, what's next? Go ahead and put. And besides, that bald-headed preacher said, if you gossip to me, you'll gossip about me. I'm drawing a line in the sand. What's it going to be? I'm trying to go gangster. That's as much as I got. <laughs> Loving, direct, attitude. Somebody's going to say, you mean... You mean We can never talk about someone else. Oh, no, 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 don't misunderstand me. You can say good stuff about them all day long if they're not there. You can say constructive things that build them up. Constructive things come from the heart of God. Destructive things come from the heart of Satan, your father in hell. Which one are you going to do? You're going to reflect your father in heaven or your father in hell? Because Jesus said the reason you're lying is because you are identifying with your father in hell in hell the father of lies that's who's your daddy if you're lying well if you're gossiping he's your daddy as well and you're projecting that for everyone around to see you can talk about them constructive things building them up good stuff say it all day long in fact i want to be known for that that our church builds people up whether they're present or not the only other exception when you can talk about someone when they're not there is when that person is doing something destructive and you're about to have an intervention. Here's the key, though. If anybody who, who is in your group is excited about the intervention, kick them out because they do not have the heart of God. <laughs> Miss Katie thought that was funny. You've seen that, hadn't you, Miss Katie? It, one of the things I think is so cool about our 12-step programs, our Celebrate Recovery, 
I never even know who's there unless they tell me. Someone will say, well, I was at recovery. Oh, cool, awesome. Glad you were at recovery. The other other people will go, (laughs) they won't even talk about what happens in recovery because one of the rules is what happens in recovery stays in recovery. What happens in small group stays in small group. Because you cannot have a healing place, a safe place, if people are going to blab stuff. Just can't do it. But if you see a brother who's about to commit adultery, oh God, please raise up some Christian men who love that man who will go lovingly and humbly and say, for the love of God, don't, don't cheat. Or if you know somebody who's about to fall off the wagon again, whatever it is, you need people who are humble before God, who love that individual, who will go and say, we can't let you destroy your life. That's the only other exception for you talking about another person who's not there. The sin of gossip is the most accepted sin in the history of New Life Community Church, but not anymore. Here's what Jesus said. I promise you that on the day of judgment, everyone will have to account for every careless word. If I have to account for my careless words, and gossip is an intentional word, how much worse is it going to be when I stand before my heavenly Father and I have to give an account for my intentional words to hurt you? I promise you, Jesus says, that on the day of judgment, everyone will have to account for every careless word they have spoken. On that day, they will be told that they are either innocent or guilty because of the things that they have said. Only the most foolish person here or there will participate in gossip after hearing what God says. Let's be the anti-gossip church. Let's be the build up. Let's be only helpful words, not hurtful. Let's never make a private matter public unless someone says, let me tell my story of how I was a sinner far from God and the grace and the mercy of God and some people in a church reached me when I thought I could not be reached. That's the type of church that honors God. So this is an unnecessary sin that we've got to get rid of. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that, that your word doesn't, doesn't hold back. And Jesus, you, you said to the religious leaders, you, you called them snakes and vipers and hypocrites and whitewashed tombs full of dead men's bones that look good on the outside but on the inside, there was nothing but death and destruction. Father, without your Holy Spirit speaking to us and changing our hearts, we will will give Gentiles the opportunity to blaspheme your name. God, may it never be. May you change us today. From this moment that we say amen today, God, I pray that that we become a church that wants to build with words and, and not tear down. And whether we need to be loving or direct or have a little attitude, God, I pray that we will stop gossip in its tracks so that you are honored and New Life Community Church can shine brighter than ever before. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.